We are back in News Talk Towers today. Yesterday, of course, we were at the National Ploughing Championships with thanks to the local enterprise offices supporting new and growing businesses in Ireland. We had great fun there yesterday. The weather was great. The weather not so great today. But Josh Crosby has been there for us today and the weather has been on the agenda or more broadly the climate because we have been told in the programme for government that Ireland is committed to having greenhouse gases by 2050 and reaching net zero or having them by 2030 and, and net zero by 2050. And one sector that tends to have the finger pointed at them for contributing to the climate crisis is agriculture. Well, Josh has Josh has been finding out what solutions are on offer. Our planet is burning, and a responsible approach to our planet is something we all share. So. I'm trying to bridge the gap for life between New York here now at least. Here at the National Ploughing Championships, more than 1,500 vendors are showcasing their wares. Everything from tractors to beauty products. But among the traditional machinery lies technology and equipment aiming to tackle climate change. Hi, Richard Gleason here from Ligen Batteries. We manufacture and assemble lithium battery systems outside Turles. When the sun shines, they store excess energy, which is important. From from a farmer's point of view, I suppose, if they're doing milking in the morning and the evening, solar isn't as good as it would be during the middle of the day. So, you know, battery storage is essential to take the advantage of that source of energy, you know. And you've all sizes here to cater for different... We do. We have, you know, from one kilowatt up to 240 kilowatt. See over here, we have a typical battery 60, 62 kilowatt. That would suit, say, a dairy herd of 120 cows. That will do two milkings without any mains input. Science Foundation Ireland has said that rechargeable batteries containing lithium and cobalt are key to helping Ireland decarbonise. But to get the energy, farmers must first attract the sun, and that's where solar panels come in. Josh, how are you there? Dick Meany here, Agri-Sales Manager with Pinnagy Solar Electric. As you can see on the stand here today, we're promoting solar. So what we do is we do turnkey projects. We start with going out and talking to a farmer or they come to us. So basically what that's about is we find out what their consumption is, their actual needs, and then their maximum import capacity from DSB on the farm and system sizes that we can design with them. And it's dairy farmers, it's pigs, it's poultry, it's mushrooms, high consumption farmers. Are people inquiring? Are people ready to make the move? I would say that there's definitely a percentage of people that are absolutely ready to make the move. There are a lot of other people, actually you, believe, you wouldn't believe, but they're in the infancy of this, just starting to have a look. And I know every farm, every livelihood is going to be different, but could you give us some sort of an example or a comparison on the differences between this and your standard electricity that people might be using? If you take a dairy farmer, so a dairy farmer has pretty large consumption. So where a solar PV system works very well for him is that, okay, he is reducing his carbon footprint by putting in solar. In the middle of the day, he'll have an ability for the spill back to the grid, get a payment, get a tariff for that. In the like of pigs, poultry, mushrooms, they're energy intensive operations. So what you'll get from them is that they would put in a system, probably nearly as large as they would be allowed by ESB networks, and they will self-consume the vast majority of that. Dick tells me due to the rising costs of energy, they're seeing a rapid turnaround in payback time for those who have fitted solar. Now moving away from power and to take a look at the land, I took a visit to the Enterprise Ireland Innovation Arena to meet with those who have developed some game-changing solutions. Morris Bryson, I'm the founder and director of Silicate and we're a carbon removal company based in Sligo but also working at a UCD. And as you can see here on the screen, we're spreading about a thousand tons of material on 300 acres earlier this month. And that material is grey, it's dusty. What is that material? 
It looks like lime, ground lime, so much farmers will be familiar with, but it's actually concrete. This is returned concrete, so it's concrete that went to a building site in a truck and was surplus to requirements, so went back to where it was produced, poured out of the truck, processed, which means crushed essentially, and then transported to our farms and applied, like ground limestone, to the fields. So, so you're pouring the concrete dust, if you like, over the land, and what does this allow the farmer to do? So it's just like ground limestone, it changes the pH, so it's pH amendment, but it also removes carbon, that's why we're doing this, it's a permanent store of carbon. So as our material breaks down, the chemistry that happens in the reaction, the carbonic acid that works on it, our material, captures CO2 and locks it away in a mineral for thousands of years. Every sector has to decarbonize, and agriculture of course is one of them. And a big source of emissions for agriculture is actually liming, adding grey limestone to the fields. It's called enhanced weathering. So, so enhanced weathering, but using concrete as a means for this, is this a done thing? We're the first in the world to use concrete. We're actually the very first. So basalt, olivine, other materials are used by other companies. But in concrete, we're the only ones, so we're forging new paths here. Yeah, very exciting. Alan O'Sullivan, MD and co-founder of Seamy Grow. What we do is we harvest and we grow our own seaweed and turn it into biofertilizers. We have a market that sells throughout the world. We're here today to plough in championships, which is interesting in an Irish context because seaweed isn't used in an Irish context. So a biofertiliser, there are farmers here today from all shapes and sizes of land and farm and stock and crops. What would be your general farm now that could use this or can it be used on a large scale as well? Yeah, it can be used on a large scale really can be used on any plant whatsoever. Farmers today would be looking at it to use on grassland and using seaweed will allow you to cut down on your synthetic fertilizers and pesticides. And we hear concerns obviously of chemicals in some cases maybe seeping off the land into the streams and rivers but that's not a worry here with Seamy Grow as the ingredients itself comes from the water. Exactly you know our story is very much based around being a marine based company. We sequester large amounts of carbon and nitrogen at sea when our seaweed is grown it absorbs that carbon and nitrogen and we're simply taking that refining our product and bringing it on and, and spreading it onto land you even have it bottled here today you can drink what you put on the land yeah you know we've had customers come up to us and say can we drink this and yeah we're displaying it in a clear bottle that yeah. looks a like, little bit like a smoothie we're kind of saying well it's a smoothie for the soil the environmental protection agency says agriculture was responsible for just over 37 percent of ireland's greenhouse gas emissions last year so I wanted to hear from the farmers themselves and those in attendance at the ploughing to see how they feel about the climate crisis. People's attitude towards them isn't very fair. They also work very hard and I think they're ready for change but the innovation's only coming through now. So it's just going to take time before they can embrace it, you know, and they need the help to do that. You know, more investments, you know, in different mechanisms and uh, technology and machinery and animal husbandry and things. And then to, you know, give them grants to embrace that rather than just saying to them, oh, you know, the cows are causing global warming. Adairi. What part of the country are you in? Adair. Adair. Country to Mike. And do you think farmers get a bad rap now when it comes to the climate change? Very bad. Giving us no chance at all. Seems to be everything we do is wrong. You can't do anything right? Exactly, exactly. A certain amount we can do right, but there's a lot of what we do is this is we're doing it wrong. And what would you like to see the government doing to help farmers when it comes to the environment? Perhaps we think grants and an easier way of getting a grant rather than spending enormous money to claim a grant. What do you farm? Cattle. How frustrating is it when commentators are, I suppose, pointing the fingers at farmers when it comes to climate change? Um, they don't know what they're talking about and they don't want to uh, accept the consequences. If they want to produce a certain way, it has to cost more. If they want dear food, fine. But they all want cheap food and they want everything. Can't have that. Can't have it every way? No. no. 
What would you like to see being done to help you transition to a more environmentally friendly farming? I think it's to cut out the bullshit and stop talking. Like they're mad for organics, but they don't want to pay the extra costs of organics. You're a farmer yourself? Retired. What did you farm? Uh, mixed. And do you think when it comes to climate change now, are, are farmers kind of an easy target? Or? Certainly. No doubt about it. And you think they get a bad rap? I certainly do. More than they deserve? Certainly do. It's like everything, there's bad rotten apples in every barrel. We're down in Wicklow and we farm a dairy farmer. Dairy farmer in particular is really getting negatively. And how frustrating is it when, I suppose, commentators or some politicians might use farmers as a target when it comes to climate change? Absolutely. I find it very so frustrating. Like, you know, I mean, all the other things in the country seems to be ignored and they just take us as a target every time. Like, everything needs to be done gradually, and I think we need to all take responsibility. But at the moment, like, it just seems to be taking the easy target, and as a particular dairy farmers at the moment are really taking the hit. And I just think it's so unfair, you know, this attitude that dairy farmers are not good farmers. You know, we are, and we're proud of what we do. With digitalization affecting almost every business model and our lives moving more and more online every day, it's no different for those working the land. I met with one company which is bringing the smartphone into farming. Okay, so I'm Seamus Hughes and I'm the sales manager with Agrinet. We're very lucky in Ireland in that we have a wealth of data on all our farm animals. And what Agrinet does is it pulls all that information together from all the different sources and it puts it on your phone in a format that you can use and make accurate, quick decisions on. It really adds to efficiency. And just on efficiency, what does it allow the farm to do when they want to reduce their impact on the environment? Okay, so one of the big win-wins for everybody here is we are now in a situation where we can identify cows through data that are really good for uh, producing kilos of fat and protein, because that's what we really export in terms of milk here in, in Ireland. And we can identify the cows that are really good at that and then breed them back to genetics that are going to give them another lift up, maybe in terms of genetic potential in the next generation. So once we identify the really uniquely good cows and then breed them to uniquely good sires, we can dramatically reduce our carbon footprint by increasing our production of kilos of fat and protein and reducing the number of cows that we require on the farm. Is it easy for the farmer to adapt to using a service such as this? When you look at it, first of all, everyone, get, especially farmers, get frightened of technology. I would confidently say, if you want to look at it, if you just look at the app here in front of us, yes. uh, if you can use WhatsApp, you can use the app. Right? And it's a busy stand here at the ploughing today, isn't it? Thank God uh, rural Ireland is, is alive and well out here. We have a lot of challenges you know, that we won't go into, but rural Ireland is alive. Well, look, at, we're very busy here this morning and long may it continue. All right, Josh Crosby there with that report from the National Ploughing Championships and all our coverage of the event this week has been with thanks to the local enterprise offices supporting new and growing business here in Ireland.